pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Our guest today is Shivani Kapoor. Shivani, or Sonia as she is more popularly called, is an environmentalist and nature lover committed to greening the world around us for over the last decade. A self-taught horticulturist, Shivani specializes in sustainable horticulture. She has been instrumental in making Legend a 14-acre condominium into one of the greenest in Gurgaon by transforming a rather barren landscape into dense greenery and planting and growing over 250 large trees. With the active support of conscientious citizens, she started a project of developing green zones in the green belts of Sector 57. She also leads a citizen movement with 2,000 residents to convert the entire society into a green society which recycles all its waste and contributes nothing to the ever-growing landfills. Shivani is the founder of Marigold by Sonia, a green venture that is primarily into landscaping and greening any space from a tiny apartment area to large land spaces. Listen in as she shares her journey to understanding how nature has become her caretaker. Hi Shivani, such a pleasure having you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. I read a post by your husband and it was such a beautiful tribute that he had given for the work that you do. There are many aspects of the work that you do that he had written on LinkedIn, which intrigued me, impressed me, and I became curious to have a chat with you for the way he had presented what you do. And he had put some pictures which were absolutely fantastic of the work that you had done and completed. Thank you so much for giving time to be on this uh, conversation. And as we progress, I'll find out about what you're currently doing. But to be the person who's working day in and day out with nature, how was Shivani's childhood? What kind of a girl were you? And was nature an integral part of your growing up years as well? So this is how we'll start the conversation. Well, hi, Rashmi. First of all, thank you so much for you know having me here. And it's, it's a pleasure being able to talk to you and Bring some of the things that I'm very interested in forward. Um, and of course, thank you to my husband who's been my <laughs> pillar and he's 
uh, it's you know it's really satisfying when your partner finds happiness in and support in what you do and um, well it was it was really nice of him to put that up and i'm really lucky <laughs> i would say yeah. and uh, to go uh, forward on your question yes uh, as a person in my childhood i was a thorough uh, bookworm <laughs> but surrounded by nature it um, i had a family where my parents were both uh, extremely fond of uh, gardening and uh, not only gardening but uh, everything that came and coexisted with nature so my father loved it in my in all the little houses that we uh, lived in and we changed a house every 3 years um, one thing was common there were always uh, plants or you know some greenery around it whether in any form but my house was always green and to complement his green uh, love for greens my mom has always been a compassionate uh, person who allowed uh, things to coexist so while we had the greens from my father we had all the passion for uh, every kind of fauna from my mom so yes it's it I grew up in an environment which exactly mirrors what I am doing today. And uh, when you say you grew up in different parts, uh, uh, what were uh, the states that you grew up in, and what were these places which had green so integral into your living spaces? So, uh, born in Amritsar, but grew up in uh, the Colliery Belt. Uh, we like grew up in Durgapur and Asansol, and then. Uh, the northeast and uh, Kolkata as well. So um, there were houses uh, which uh, which had a lot of you know green in, you know uh, built into these. And in Durgapur especially, I remember um, we having a, a house with a small garden, which my father developed into a, a, a award-winning rose. Um, garden and uh, moving on to the several houses that we changed uh, we were blessed to have at least a veranda with every house where he enjoyed his passion and but the best was uh, in uh, Assam in Guwahati where uh, one part of the house was attached to a lake and we had a forest right behind the house so that was my the best memory that I have of the wonderful uh, green set uh, surrounded my house so but yeah uh, this uh, what I grew up with is is not even half of what my children see around them today so I have very lovely memories of those houses I know I know and uh, I'm sure being in the midst of nature somehow calmed you as a person so how are you as a little girl as far as studies was concerned what were your plans as a little girl to grow up to do what? Because, you know, as little children, we have uh, ambitions and dreams which change every year, maybe every week. So what were some of yours which uh, kind of helped you trace your path into the herd, along with the herd joining a group because the rest did it, or you took your own path and just followed your passion? So I was no different <laughs> from the <laughs> other children. Um, I was uh, a good student. And um, for the longest time, I wanted to be a journalist. For I, you know, If you ask me today, I had no reason. Q, but uh, I did want to do that because I love reading. Um, 
apart from nature, I think my second love is reading books. You, I'm the best gift for me would be giving me a book. So, um, journalism was what attracted me when I was a kid. But then, you know, like you rightly mentioned, we change our uh, things uh, as we grow up. And, you know, one of those growing up things is also to fit into the gang that you hang out with. So everybody was doing CA and I was like, how can I be left out? So I joined CA and I, for the longest time I worked in BFSI, but this uh, connect with nature uh, kept happening on the side. I did a lot of freelance work, worked a lot of, um, worked uh, on a lot of things with the local governments, the RWAs and um, for years I did it without realizing that this probably is my true calling and nothing else. And then um, in a moment of personal tragedy, uh, this was, I turned to this uh, as a healing mechanism and nothing helped me heal better and cope with what I, the trauma that I was going through um, than being surrounded by this and by nature and by uh, working with people who were so closely attached to uh, nature. And when I say working with people, it's the gardeners, the Malis. And I remember being lost in those conversations for hours and not realizing, okay, I have to go back home. I have a family back and they might be waiting for me and they might be wondering where I am doing what. So this is when I realized that um, everything else is secondary. This is what I makes me happy and this is what I should be doing. So, yeah. Okay, and uh, you said you were with BFSI and uh, parallelly you were working, not realizing that you were in love with nature and you're going to eventually do that. So what kind of work were you doing parallelly that got you getting your hands dirty or working with nature? So I, um, it started with us moving into a newly minted condominium in Gurgaon and while the builder had given lovely green spaces, there was nothing uh, that could we could call green, and I, and that was the time when the personal tragedy also had stuck. So I just kind of volunteered that okay, you know, I would take take up the task of uh, voluntarily take up the task of uh, getting getting this place into something that looks like a green heaven, and that's how I got started, and that's how I got uh, my best friends for life, the gardeners that I work with, and. Slowly, I realized uh, that what we try and make our gardens into are those exotic cosmetic gardens, which is not what how nature intended them to be. But there is um, there, there is so much of uh, maintenance that is needed for such gardens. But uh, with the work that I did with these people, we realized the power of uh, using indigenous. Um, the, the you know the cost effectiveness of going indigenous and how you can actually by spending a bare minimum have a lovely garden year after year if you um, use what is local what is suited to your current uh, environment and know how to harvest seeds and create a seed bank etc so all of that and then from there from managing the RWA you know, one condominium progressed to actually creating green belts which are self-sustainable now you know Delhi NCR is like it gets really hot during summer so one of the reasons why green belts go um, not maintained or uh, people don't bother to create them is like 
how do we create a source of watering how do we you know stop them from being preyed upon by stray cattle etc so working on that gave was another learning for me that uh, nature has created ways in which these coexistences can happen so um the next step was creating green belts which are self sustainable which did not need too much watering or which could do with some bit of partnership partnership between the several condominiums that dot gurgaon and um uh, you know people who love nature so that was the second step and from there never looked back into what happened uh i loved what you said that when you wanted to overcome the tragedy you went into spending time with nature was it something that uh, you consciously did at first and then just seamlessly went into doing spending more time with it or was it a suggestion given by somebody how did you even think to overcome the sorrow that you were going through personally spending time with nature would kind of heal you did you read it somewhere what prompted you to take that path because there are many ways people journal people talk to other people how did you think of getting your hands and yourself close to nature so um i didn't read about it i experienced it um there were two experiences which were life turning one was a short visit um to uh, this forested area where i sat underneath a tree and i had this moment of you know enlightenment whatever you say where i felt that there is nothing more stronger uh, and resilient than nature um and another was a simple uh, experience that i had uh, with a plant that i brought back home so i used to drop my daughter off to her play school and on my way back i saw this uh, tiny sapling growing on the road you know and i thought in my mind that probably it will get trampled mar jayega so let me just bring it home and see how how it goes from there so that sapling i brought home i transplanted into a, a container and um, i would often forget to water it for days uh i would see the leaves you know droop like this but the day i would water it would bloom like this so it so happened that um, uh once i took a really longish break without realizing that i have not watered the poor plant it was nearly 25 days it had gone without water and then when i came back and i, I thought i've lost it now so i came back and watered and it bloomed again the leaves were back again within a day so that really set me thinking if a small plant can you know hold itself against so many adversities that it's going through what stops me i have a functioning brain like a high level thinking why not accept what is going on and make the best of it like plant is making it's probably waiting that don't give up there will soon be a time when you will get water <laughs> she will not forget she will come back and you know hold uh, you this is this is what was Uh, a big learning for me, and eventually I took that plant and planted it in one of the gardens that I know I used to take care. And today it's a big tree; it's a nice flourishing tree. So that lesson I give tell my children also that if you hold on to whatever is happening in your life, thinking that this too shall pass, you will be like this tree. It, it went through several uh, difficult stages, and because it didn't give up. 
today it got its place in a garden where it flourishes, it's flowering, it has fruits, all because it didn't give up. It was resilient. So resilience is the the you know, most profound lesson that I learned. And I strongly believe that for anybody looking to heal, nature is the, the best that you could heal. And I didn't have to go to expensive therapies, this, that, nothing. This, this just happened. This story I often tell my children that this is what you should learn and not give up at all, ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, when you have living proof, I think uh, the story is far more effective as well. Because everyone to whom you share the story, if you show them the tree, uh, they know what is the story behind it. And I'm sure for many such plants and trees around us, so, um, there are stories like this. Rohit has mentioned that plant crash. It actually, the whole thing came out of this. Because most of the times we think, okay, it's a matter of, you know, we trash most people who get house plants or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't realize that what you think is dying is actually trying to trying its best to survive. If I even give a tiny bit of support, it springs back. And I tell you, it's incredible how I have seen the the most you know the, the hopeless uh, of plants. Like if I call them that, the ones who are people actually say the bachinis spring back to life. Just by you know, just by coming into an environment where they feel that okay, I've reached a place where I know I will be taken care of, they they really fight to uh, survive, and they, I have seen the worst cases spring back to life. Mm. So from that incident, that plant crash uh, thing came up where. At my home, any and everybody is open to leave behind a plant. You know, you want me to nurture, bring it back to life, you do that. Keep, you want me to keep it forever, I do that. But I've learned my lesson. Do not give up on anything. You know, you do your best and I'm sure it will find back. So far it has been true. <laughs> so, so beautiful. Okay, now we'll go back to uh, the professional uh, Shivani to uh, the work and this parallelly gave you a lot of healing that you were doing the work with the uh, the nature the healing process it gave you a lot of calmness and it helped you but what gave you the courage to and what prompted you to give up your professional life that you had all set to move into a space where you're completely and literally dirting your fingers with uh, soil, nature, and making that your profession. So here I'll go back to that old saying and reverse it a little bit. Uh, every man has a successful, uh, every successful man has a woman behind him. I would say every person, every woman like me who gets to follow her passion is probably has a husband like Rohit firmly backing her up. So he knew that this is what I really wanted to do. So, um, just before COVID struck, he actually told me that, why not? I am there. I'll back it up thoroughly. So it's okay. I mean, at least try, try to go. You know, we shouldn't have that regret in life that I never tried. What, what worst? You would not succeed commercially, but at least you will, you know, you will have it that I, I, uh, I did try. But um, he was one uh, pivot but the other one was uh, all these uh, 
gardeners that I worked with, unfortunately, several of them lost their jobs. And uh, I wanted to do something to help them get employment or at least something that, you know, keeps their home, uh, you know, uh, at least the home fires burning. So Ruhit then told me, see, listen, you will be helping them either ways, you know, you'll be helping them financially. Then why not try take up, uh, at least reach out and try take up uh, some work or project in this way, either this way or that way, you will be helping them out financially. Just think that they earned it. It, it, it might be, feel better that they've earned it and not taken a, you know, not taken a favor from you. Which struck a note. And since I had already had a, a reputation, if you say, that uh, I uh, successfully uh, had turned green, uh, like bad patches to greens and the, and people had seen the commitment and passion despite having a job and the responsibility of a caregiver at home. And uh, they had seen me work like that. So getting my first- One minute, one minute. Oh, so apart from your office space, you started doing it for other spaces as well, parallelly while you were working? Yes, all freelancing, all uh, pro bono. Oh, okay. So, no, no, but how did you get the first uh, project then? This was- part of your job that you were doing uh, when you were uh, creating the green space actually in your office space. But how did it move into getting orders from other people while you're working? So uh, office was separate. I was working yeah. Yeah. and uh, creating greens was separate, you know, uh, working with RWAs, working with uh, governments on green bells. So that was running parallelly pro bono with my, uh, with my career. Okay. Okay. BFSI vertical and briefly I was also into EdTech so it was running parallelly but like um, Rohit and I always had these conversations and he always used to encourage me that take up something that you're really passionate about and you're lucky that you have a passion not many people can even think of you know what their passion is so you have a defined passion you should be focused on that because you anyways give so much of your time to this and then this parallelly this incident happened at my the gardeners that I worked with they lost their uh, job so like I said I anyways would have helped them financially so why not take up something and charge for it I had been working without charging for so far and, and he said use that whatever you want to fund them and, and that made sense and it all worked very beautifully because I already had this uh, a whole set of work that I had done people who knew my commitment and passion and knowledge etc so getting my first assignment or project so to say was not easy i had just had to drop it to friends that uh, you know i'm thinking of doing this and then it all started coming from day one uh, i haven't had to look back in fact uh, knock on wood it has worked very well i like rohit mentioned i don't have any social media page or website etc it's all word of mouth one happy person referring to the other that's how it that's how it moved Oh, wow. Okay, so which means from the pro bono space, you moved into yours uh, as a business venture in COVID period, as in as recent as 2019, 2020. Yeah, yeah. actually, oh. just, just a, a couple of months before COVID hit. Okay, okay. So when when you go into a space 
Shivani, and you're looking at the space. Uh, so are you now in the category of a landscape artist? Uh, is that how people look at you? Uh, do they give you spaces and tell you to convert it? Or do you rearrange their gardens? What, what exactly do you do? So we, uh, we do everything. <laughs> so I have a, so if mostly what happens is uh, I'm given a space and uh, usually when I'm given a space, it's a, apartment with a like sometimes with or without any terraces but yes, people yeah. this is my space uh, please help me get some green or something you know that i can manage so uh, there are there are work uh, there are projects like that other projects that come up is uh, those large uh, uh, you know lawns etc that you know take this up and um, start from scratch where there is nothing growing and I actually build it up and third and the most interesting is you have an existing garden and you want to uh, somehow redo it and my uh, uh, my condition is that I'm not going to uproot anything uh, as in kill anything or throw anything I have a team who is excellent in transplanting so uh, recreating is most uh, you know fulfilling because I'm uh, I'm able to satisfy what my client needs of me and I'm able to save the green that is that needs a shift or you know that needs to be uh, done uh, you know taken back and I adopt them. So if there is something that is not working somewhere, if someone says I I'm not liking the way this tree is blocking my window or this that so. Um, I will either adopt it or I will recreate the space so that it's you know it, it works well for both. So everything that is needed is done. Okay. Another aspect that you said uh, because you said I never pluck and kill any plant. I would transplant it and put it elsewhere. Another thing that you said in the course of your journey, you said was that you work with indigenous plants, local varieties. Now, there are some people who are crazy about exotic plants and uh, not the local ones. How do you convince such clients and what made you realize that local can be made beautiful? So I'll take the second part first. What made me realize that local can be made beautiful is that it is so effortless. So one of the green belts that we converted was... Uh, you know, we need, wanted to have flowers and also flowers which uh, support the bee in the butterfly population. And, you know, while the aesthetics come from me, I completely uh, listen to the advice given by my partners because they are the ones who are, you know, closely working on this and have years of wisdom which I cannot possibly, you know, uh, replace. So... He told me, Didi, and they called me Didi, that Didi, uh, so the easiest thing is hum sarso lagate. You know, uh, a patch with sarso. And then he said, um, there is this, Aplok uh, sab gulmohar, you really, uh, everybody wants gulmohar, but it's it's a tree that has very weak branches and it's not fit to be used as, you know, as a parking lot cut tree. This is, uh, this is something which is local. He mentioned a thing. And it'll flower throughout the year, effortlessly it'll flower and it'll look beautiful. When I heard those kind of conversations, I said, it makes sense. And then 
Um, the other, you know, realization was uh, most uh, builders and most people, uh, if you see any new, uh, even in Bangalore, maybe if there is something that is coming up new, you will see farms. There, I mean, Bangalore has such good weather. You could do so much with it. But all that you see is a, you know, a variety of palms, you know, those date palms, and which is not which is not made for our climate, which does nothing for your local flora and fauna. So while this is part of my uh, passion, the other passion that I have is also waste management and conserve, conservation and also it's married together. So it really is to hurt me and pain me that so while they are claiming that we are greening, but it's senseless green. It's doing no good to anybody. So the knowledge with my gardeners, plus this ability that, okay, now I have projects. It is in my hand now to convince and try and make a difference. That sort of, you know, prepared me into suggesting to my clients uh, that let me try. Since you've given the responsibility to me, let me try and, uh, you know, what worked was it will be effortless. It will be cost effective. These two were the magic words that helped me convince most people. And it has been like that. But where I have not been able to convince, you know, other ones where I either uh, politely bow out or uh, if it's like a small project, I do go ahead. But then I, you know, I have warned a hundred times that if you're taking exotic, be prepared to shell out that kind of time for maintenance. That's it. But these two magical words have helped me transform many of them. Yeah, that, that's very true. And being from Bangalore City, this is something that I see magical with plants. You just plant anything here, it just grows. <laughs> All it needs is a little uh, love and care. And that's it. The weather kind of is magic on these plants and they just thrive. So Actually, it's a lot to do with lack of knowledge. Most people would be willing to, you know, take up something which is effortless, which is helping, uh, you know, the local environment. But it's complete lack of knowledge, which is where, you know, uh, a person like me who decided to do something of my own, um, you know, got a lot of work because uh, anybody who's looking to have a small garden or a small space green. What is the first thing that they do? They go to a nursery. The nursery guy, uh, bhaiya, uh, you know, I have this space. Ye lagana. He'll pick up the most exotic stuff and say, sir, ye lagalo, this is great. You know, and then you land up trusting him buying. And then after a few months, probably you'll realize, oh, ye then you'll blame yourself that possibly I didn't take care of it. You would never think that that guy gave you the wrong advice. And there is actually, you know, so in our space, in space that I operate, there are either large players who would take up big projects, big landscape, and they, they won't have time to come back and look at what they've been doing or tell their clients like, uh, hey, uh, I think, you know, let's do this or not do this or to educate their client that this is this is what should be done. This is what should not be done. So that, that lack of information is probably the um, biggest hurdle uh, where people, you know, don't uh, accept natural things. But there's only a minuscule percentage who really are into, you know, I want an, an exotic thing. So slowly through, you know, um, my work itself, trying to educate and people are willing to listen. That's a yeah. good thing that I 
<laughs> I know, I know. It sounds really good as well that people are willing to listen. And uh, when it comes to plants, uh, they say that if you talk to your plants, they heal, they grow. In fact, all plants that are spoken to with a lot of love, affection, bloom a lot better and really are at their greenest best. Have you seen this work with any plants that you saw difficult to grow, that you started speaking to them and uh, talking to them and noticing that they actually respond? I completely agree with this. I think um, anything that is alive is very perceptive, including plants. They perceive that they are valued. If they perceive or if they have, if they, they can sense that this is a place where I am safe, where I'm valued. And I tell you, even if you forget to water for days or don't take care or don't fertilize, they will survive and they'll bloom because they know that they're in an environment. They can sense it. So what you're saying is completely true. I, I mean, I wouldn't say Ki, go ahead and talk to your plant every day or, you know, treat that, but give it a safe and, you know, a nurturing environment. And they, I, I kid you not, they will try their best to have that, you know, bloom, which will warm your heart. I have experienced completely. It is true. Okay. And coming to the people that you're working with, the natives who know each plant, who know what will really do well in which uh, city and which temperature. What have been some memorable moments for you, Shivani, while working with them, which were your biggest ahas that you're so grateful you found this team of people? Uh, lots of them, but what really struck me was uh, I was working with them in peak Delhi and CR heat, you know, and uh, well, I, you know, um, come from a background where I'm privileged to have health, food, this, that, everything. It, I, it was becoming difficult for me to stand in the sun. And these people who I was working with effortlessly went about doing their work. And I was like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm probably eating more nutritious food, etc., etc. But you're the one who's managing ten times the kind of work that I'm doing. How? What? What is it that you know makes you and me so different? He laughed. The the senior guy that I mean, we are partners, so they are equal partners in the work that I do. And I always tell them that this company is also yours. You know, uh, what I am today is because not because of only my work; it's because of the hard work that you also put. So I call him senior partner. He said, what is it that you know keeps you going? He says, Didi, uh, that's so processed and so far removed from what actually should be, what you should be eating according to the climate is why this difference is. So then he pointed out to several you know, plants that were immediately growing where we were working. You know? He says, Ye dekho. this is local amaranth. This is a clover. This is this. This is this. And then he listed out, you know, uh, this is what we eat. I don't have to, half the time, I don't have to go and buy my greens. I eat what is growing. What for you is wild or a weed is what we consume because I don't have, I cannot afford that much to, you know, to go and buy. So that makes a difference. That makes us very resilient because we are so connected to uh, the, what, the, what, what the local produces. So we keep better health, we are able to you know, work in this heat. And that was a turning point for me as well, like the whole indigenous bit. This is fabulous. Like, 
this is knowledge that needs to be shared so this is one thing that i uh, was a is a very profound memory which i'll carry forward forever that you can have good health without spending like a lot on xyz leave or you know the local the you, whatever the current uh, you know fashion is you know am i eating x uh, greens or am i eating y greens or if you stick to what is locally available and eat what is in season you are in best of health nothing else is needed so this is one thing that stands out completely in the work that i have done with them yeah and since you started your work in the pandemic uh, the pandemic also had lot of heart touching stories so since most of your uh, team had tough times during the pandemic are there any stories that uh, from the team you learned on how life itself can be handled and seen better so i started just before the pandemic uh, and um, uh, in between we had uh, completely shut work and you know everything but it was so heartwarming that despite uh, me telling them to you know not risk Uh, and mine is a perishable business, so I grow a lot of plants myself. Uh, I never, I never really expected them to come and you know uh, take care or you know. I said nothing doing. Everything is shut down, and they all live locally. You please take care of your health first. But you will not believe they took turns to come and see that all the plants that we had so lovingly grown and nurtured, not a single one died. and that was so heartwarming for me that more than anything else they cared for uh these uh you know they called it ki inme bhi to jaan hai you know we nahi dekhenge to mar jayenge like using their language so um, the passion the uh, they, they they treat them like babies and which is why they get rewarded when they so carefully you know plant them touch wood the success ratio has been so good in transplanting that now i can safely recommend okay you need something to be brought from your someone is moving from house a to house b and has a plant that has been there forever and you are attached to it that's something which you know i very safely tell them okay we'll get it done we'll get plant a to your new house plant b because these the steam of mine is so connected to their plants and sees them as another living soul rather than just a stock that we use in our business uh, that was very hard for me okay uh you spoke about a plant crash now how was that born uh, what gave you the idea for that so simply because of the story that i shared earlier that resilience is uh, what you really learn from plants and and um you know as that the the tree that finally that plant tiny sapling that grew into a tree uh, and plus several other examples like that made me realize that you know we should not give up on them we should we should give them a chance and several times plant parents have no choice uh, just like you may not have a choice with several other things in life there should be a, a a place where you can leave them behind guilt free and you know that they are taken care of so several decisions in life we have to make not because we 
really are cruel and want to you know do such things but you have no choice so which is when i decided that this is something that i'm really going to take it up and also i used to do it for my own condominium that so many people uh, are you know even though they like greens they think oh will it impact my um lifestyle because i like to travel a lot that will happen when i'm i'm traveling so um i wanted to create a solution for it because the more greens you have the better it is for you and your environment but if this is something that is preventing people from not having greens i can offer an easy uh, solution at least for people immediately surrounded i'm willing to take care i'm willing to babysit come give me so that helped a lot of people come ahead take greens and i do it for free there's no charge for it they're like my babies and then it's up to you you want to take them back or you want to let them be especially when you're moving out you know you you're moving different cities moving different countries whatever what do you do with your plants earlier you had no choice throw them or leave them behind to die now they have this option that you, know, you can live with them and we also go pick up we also go you know to the transfers so yeah so and and another heartwarming thing that comes out of this my team knows that i'm not earning anything out of it but they have never never said no to these missions that i'm going somewhere i'm just sending them somewhere to just get these plants because they are leaving and uh, we need to get them out so they are as passionate about me <laughs> just this this the same level of passion which is why we bond very well yeah yeah i, I... you know i very strongly believe in the power of uh, intention shivani so i think when an intention is pure when you set out on a journey every thing that happens and every person you meet on the journey to be part of your journey ends up being the right person for you and i think uh, that has happened with you you also mentioned that you are uh, into segregation and uh, uh, waste so how did that bit come very naturally organically because you're dealing with plants actually that came earlier um let's see uh i'm a very uh, my parents brought us to be very compassionate about you know the environment that we are growing in so it so happened that um i was at this bus stop uh, waiting for the school bus my kids school bus to arrive and um, i saw this cow uh trying to take out food from a packet and eat and then i to my horror i saw it you know ingesting the plastic and i didn't think twice before i ran over and pulled it out of its mouth so another parent who was standing there she said, he he commented wow that's gutsy uh, anything could have happened but if you're so passionate instead of just this one incident why don't you do something about it? which is then got me so you know this plant thing happened parallelly but this came first which then got me thinking yeah i mean just today i say one cow from one single plastic how i don't know how many it must have ingested in this and how many more cows would have done it so um i it set me thinking and i started to approach like minded people and as way back 8 9 years in gurgaon got together a team and uh, we were the first condominium to at least start a two way segregation and 
you know, uh, and tackling the various hindrances that, okay, I am segregating, but how do I know what is the end result of the segregation or end result of the effort that I have put in? So, you know, uh, taking it all back, integrating it to vendors who would use the segregated ways, stitching it all together. And uh, it was a fantastic journey. And it is all linked to the work that I'm doing right now. So a big part of uh, what I do with the, uh, the, the plants that I, uh, the gardens that I make is also trying to teach them composting, also trying to teach them ethical gardening and um, uh, uh, how you generate lesser amount of waste and how you can, you know, um, marry both these things together and make a, a environment which is both green and uh, <laughs> uh, sort of waste-free, we can, can never be 100% waste-free, but at least somewhere we can make a difference to things, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think zero waste is something which is a dream, yeah. but now at least some awareness has come into people. Yeah. And zero waste is something which is, uh, which, which looks, which sounds good, but don't think it is sustainable. So we have to be practical as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. You you need to know what is absolutely essential and you need to know what you can do to at least achieve some bit of, you know, what you can do, but not be so hard to do. Zero waste, I'm not going to, for example, I'm not going to do anything that needs plastic. It's not possible. The lenses that I'm wearing today is what? It's, it's not, it, it's, you cannot cut out everything from your life, but there's a lot that you can make in changes in your daily lifestyle, which make a huge difference. And I'm sure with your team, which is completely local, uh, their lifestyle is something which could be almost zero waste in the way they consume, with the way they live. Uh, have there been lessons of waste management from their lifestyles that you picked up or locally something because you know when a tribe is indigenous there's so many secrets of being sustainable and close to nature and making nature a part of your living process because those indigenous tribes definitely understand that nature doesn't need us we need nature and their entire culture, tradition, and India as a country itself has all of this so beautifully put together, right from celebrating Sankranti to Basant Panchami to Yugadi. Everything is harvest festival, nature, and nature is such an integral part of everything that we celebrate. Religion comes much later. So when you live and work with localites, there's so much about their own culture, tradition, and traditional lifestyles, which talk about integrating nature into whatever they do. Have you learned some lessons like that from your team members, which you didn't know before and now has become part of what you do? So I wouldn't say I didn't know before, but yes, uh, reinforcement of the fact that use only as much as you need. So, um, they would go buy uh, for just for a meal, for example, for a meal. I would go buy, you know, for the whole week at a time or for 10 days at a time and, you know, land up not using a lot. So wasting a lot of food. From then I've learned because now that I'm into it and grow my own plants and see how hard a work it is, 
they have taught me this lesson that it is so difficult to get produce you know even to get a, a batch of tomatoes is so much of hard work they have you know they have repeatedly drilled this into me do not make waste food jitna chahiye buy only that much so that is one big lesson learned and eat simple eat simple so you know this uh, i uh, often uh, i'm very inquisitive of what lunch they are bringing because some of them have their families back in the village and they come early they cook and bring and i'm very very you know curious that what is it that you you're bringing that it takes you through the day i am constantly snacking but i don't see them doing that what is it that you're eating sometimes those simple chutneys and you know rotis and the, just the way they cook it or the ingredients that would make it so uh, so powerful that uh, those uh, those uh, you know those, those food recipes etc as another learning that i try and incorporate uh, so the two big things that uh, don't waste do not waste buy only that much that you need and you can consume what is there in the fridge is not really fresh i know people would debate on this but uh, eat fresh aaj kharida aaj banaya अच्छा yeah yeah and when you're talking about uh, your team it seems very clear that there's so much an integral part of who you are and the work that you do so the trust factor is an important factor when you work like this since it was uh, the most difficult part of most of our lives covid times were there some stories or the loyalty element of your team which got reflected during those tough times or during your work times that you have seen how they've gone beyond the call of duty like i mentioned you know nobody uh, asked them to come take care you know so i have a small patch where we grew yeah. nobody yeah. I, i never told them to come but the loyalty the uh, you know uh, the fact that it, it's going to cost didi her money and whatever make them come this can come and to take care of uh, stuff plus when you say loyalty see i am here i've come to boston to drop my son off to college my entire work including the financials etc is being handled by them so i can you can safely hand it over to them then because the understanding is that, that it is as much your business as mine hum together jitna karenge that will be you know uh, how much we can be successful so uh so many times on projects and i'm not just taking covid period so many time on projects there are people who uh offer to pay a lot more and say stay back do yes. this for me do that not once not once you know to the extent that sometimes uh, like when i mentioned that i grow a lot of plants but there are some uh, there's some stuff which i have to buy so Uh, i have had my vendors uh, tell me this that you are lucky because jab bill banate hain often ask your 
people that shall I add, shall I hike it up? This is cute to, you know, if I earn 10% from you, I will lose face in front of her. You know, I'd rather not do something like this and spoil my relationship. I'm okay earning what I am. I don't need any extra from you. So yeah. that is the level of loyalty, knock on wood, is uh, how I see. And, and seriously, it wouldn't have been possible for their commitment to me. Yeah, yeah. This is so beautiful as far as the team is concerned. And this is something you cannot buy. You need to earn with your team. I've been working with them for nearly more than 10 years. And, yeah. Uh, we are very thick together. Yeah, yeah. And that trust and camaraderie is something that comes with, over the years with experiences. It gets stronger and stronger because breaking it is the easiest thing that can be done but sustaining it is something which is a challenge sometimes especially when there are difficult periods also, like yeah. i mentioned it's, it's never like i'm the boss and you are my yeah. that relationship i have never said and uh, it gives me immense joy in giving them new experiences like i remember when we finished our first project and it went off very well i took them out for dinner and they were like you know that's an experience which you know they probably never had, you know, and they were like, are you sure you want to take us to this place, have a table prepared? And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, this wouldn't have happened without you. So yes, you're part of who I am. You will be a joint, uh, you know, we will jointly enjoy all the fruits that we gave. So, so that's when I mentioned enjoying a samosa with them or chai with them. <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> yeah this is so beautiful and as you're talking about them one thing that comes to mind is that a lot of times when we do self-reflection but sometimes we are so busy being busy work around us that there's no moment for it but two and a half years back the whole world went into a lockdown and we were forced to reflect each one of us took our own lessons from uh, nature because she was our biggest teacher at that point and very clearly she showed us who's the boss yeah. so you are somebody who works closely with her what were your reflections from the pandemic simply that nature is super powerful and to mess with it is to mess at your own cost that was a very big learning secondly time is precious you time is the most precious gift that you could give to anyone i would say more than anything else so um, while it is precious i would like to share my time with only people or thoughts or work that i feel you know i want to because time is precious it that was a realization and also that people have uh, from the work perspective that people have consciously decided to connect back to nature. Hence, uh, the scope of my work has uh, grown immensely. Um, there are now, you know, mostly uh, inquiries from smaller apartments and how can we have a nice green space because it helps me calm down. So people have realized that nature is all powerful and time is all important. So those two were the learnings for me that time, time spent with people who I want to spend time, my, my team, my family, and um, the relationships that you forge through your career or your, you know, your friendships, the most valuable thing that you can give to them is time. That is what I learned from the pandemic.
and a lot of people turned uh, home gardeners because i think suddenly they realized that uh, green fingers are something that we are all blessed with it just needs a little more attention and all of us can <laughs> convert patches into so, you know, uh, yeah it's like raising a baby uh, you learn and but i would say give the plant give your green baby a chance they are resilient enough to bounce back don't just give up try it. and the biggest mistakes that is just taking uh, this time to probably let you know that uh, plants most greens uh, get impacted by overwatering rather than underwatering that is one lesson i want to leave your listeners with that uh, you would land up killing more by trying to be overprotective over affectionate just like we do with our kids you know too much of you know being a helicopter parent is not good for your child similarly it is not good for the plant also uh, you if you if you drown it with too much <laughs> it, it is not going to flourish but if you let it bloom give it its space and uh, just like for any relationship you need to understand how to communicate and you give space is the same thing with your plant you watered it today every day take some time out to see how it's doing and, and try to understand you know its growth cycle to invest time in it and i'm sure you'll have a extremely fruitful relationship with your green baby but if you think that um just being overprotective or you know i must put like ex fertilizer or why uh, stuff is first build your relationship and i know people might think oh the plant yes it's true first build your relationship spend time just observing it how it's growing you developed a new shoot today this leaf unfolded today it, the bud takes so long to open small observations which will get get you connected to the plant and you will understand it much better and i'll tell you all of us will be able to have green fingers that's that's given <laughs> this is so beautiful and three life lessons shivani that uh, you would like to leave us with there's nothing in life that you cannot overcome and um, if you find um, something that heals uh, you know nurture it and uh, nature is the biggest healer uh, just try and lose yourself to nature and it will ask you nothing in return so nothing nothing is uh, that uh, you know that serious that you cannot come out we leave our uh, the trauma that i went through for some other talk some day but yeah if i could come out of it i think anybody could wow you know i read a quote which said that to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow and this is said by audrey hepburn so i think people like you give us that hope for tomorrow give us the feeling and the belief that yes all of us can contribute to a better tomorrow because a little bit of green is all we need to contribute and nature will do the rest she'll take care of herself and back to the other question that you asked like uh... the universe gives back to you yeah yeah i feel that all the work that i did in trying to uh, you know 
actually prevent people from chopping trees or you know uprooting or trying to green when i actually started working i think all all of them are collectively showering their blessings so nature does give universe will give back to you so just hold on there hang in there with whatever it is that is your passion have your belief in place and good things will happen for sure plus uh, if you work with the intention of uplifting those around you you needn't need you don't need to worry about success the primary aim here is my teams uplifting i want to see them in a place where you know they no longer feel awkward going into a restaurant sitting with me and dining so their upliftment is my major goal so um the path becomes easier then because i know that it's not money that i'm running after it's something else so that's another thing that i would share from what i have learned in this journey of mine it's it's truly amazing because sometimes the lessons of life are very simple but it takes an experience for us to understand the profundity of the simplicity and that's what is the beauty of life the more profound the lesson is far more simple to implement in our lives shivani may your tribe increase and thank you so much for this conversation on you and i with rashmi shetty honor to have had you on the podcast and special thanks to rohit for writing that and i think the universe planned this conversation because i just have we are not connected on linkedin but i just happened to see his post so i'm so glad that i came across that post and we met god well, bless you thank you so much rashmi it was a pleasure talking to you and yeah i i have to thank my husband as well for thinking so highly of me and actually giving us a chance to connect uh, very happy to connect with you even though i'm so far away right now but <laughs> i didn't want to miss this opportunity to speak about uh, greens and any opportunity for that matter being with me yeah, yeah and i think the message needs to go out there that it doesn't take too much all it needs to be is your true self to connect with nature so you said it so powerfully so beautifully thank you so very much shivani god bless you and all the very best you have a good day sir thank bye. you bye with that we come to the end of this weekly quest of you and i with rashmi shetty Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi dot the third i at gmail dot com. That is r a s h m i dot t h e t h i r d e y e at gmail dot com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.